Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Here it is, saints. It was not a fleece of faithfulness. It was not. It was a fleece of faithlessness. It was the fleece of a man who didn't trust the Lord. Gideon didn't believe the word of the Lord. Gideon didn't trust the Lord. Gideon was already told that God was going to defeat the Midianites. The fleece speaks of disobedience. Are you following me? And you don't need a fleece or any other technique to know God's will. If you want to know God's will, I'm talking to somebody. It's simple faith and obedience to follow God step by step. God is big enough to move in your life without a fleece, test, or tricks. Chapter 7, verse 1. Thank you, baby. Chapter 7, verse 1. Then Jerubbabel. That is Gideon and all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the well of Harad so that the camp of the Midianites was on the north side of them by the hill of Moreb or Moray in the valley. And the Lord said to Gideon, the people who are with you, Gideon, are too many for me to give the Midianites into your hands, lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, my own hand has saved me. Now, therefore. Proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. And 22,000 of the people returned, and 10,000 remained. But the Lord said to Gideon, The people are still too many, Gideon. Bring them down to the water, in verse 4, and I will test them for you there. And then it will be that of whom I say to you, the one shall go with you, The same shall go with you. And of whomever I say to you, the one shall not go with you. The same shall not go. And so he brought the people down to the water in verse five. And the Lord said to Gideon, everyone who laps, watch it, laps the water with his tongue like a dog laps water. You shall set apart by himself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees to drink. And the number of those who lapped, putting their hands to their mouth, was how many saints? 300 men. But all the rest of the people got down on their knees to drink water. And then the Lord said to Gideon, by the 300 men who lapped, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hand. Let all the other people go. Every man to his place. Stop right there. So remember in chapter 6 and verse 34, the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon and Gideon blew the trumpet and the people gathered. Now we come to chapter 7 in verse 1 and we learn, did you pick this up? Gideon's nickname is Jerubbabel. 
Jerubbabel means, got your pen? The one who fights with Baal. The one who fights with Baal. Gideon means powerful warrior. His father named him Jerubbabel after he tore down the altar of Baal. And you'll find that in chapter 6 and verse 32. So Gideon blows the trumpet. And 32,000 men gather at the well of Harad from all over the nation to face off with the Midianites. Harad means, got your pen? The place of trembling or terrified. Harad means the place of trembling or terrified. It's almost like, wow, God, thanks. You have us meeting in a place called trembling and terrified. Gee, thanks. We're already trembling and terrified. In the place of trembling and terrified, God said, Gideon, you've got too many in your army, 32,000. You're looking at it in verse 2? Judges chapter 8 in verse 10. Don't turn there. It tells us that there were 135,000 Midianites. So the odds Israel to the Midianites are four to one against Israel. So every Israeli has got to kill four Midianites. Keep in mind, the Jewish people are no Mel Gibson Braveheart types. They are not. They are worshipers and warriors. Write that down. God's people are worshipers, not warriors. They're not warriors. God tells them their army is too large. Odds are too much in their favor. And they're probably shaking in their sandals. And God says, send those who are fearful home and 22,000 left. The army is now 10,000 and the odds are 14 to 1. That means that every one Israelite has to kill 14 Midianites. In verses 4 through 8, God says, there's still too many. Give them a test, Gideon. God said, everyone who laps like a dog, set them aside. And those who get down and bring the water to their mouth, they're warriors. There were 300 men who put the water to their mouths. In other words, the 300 men drank and watched and stayed ready. You know, somebody once said, when you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. These guys were ready and God is ready to use them. Only 300 men passed the test. 300 men passed the test. I found this uh, meme. Look at that. You know what? They got that movie from the Bible. I'm not kidding you. 300 men passed the test. The Midianites, 135,000. The odds are for, were 14 to 1. Uh, uh, yeah, 4 to 1, first of all, 14 to 1. And now the odds, are y'all ready for this? 450 to 1. That means each man in Gideon's army has to kill 450 Midianites. In verse 9 through 14, we don't have time to read it, but listen to me close and just peruse with me. 9 to 14. Gideon, it's time to move out. Go down and check them out. And if you're afraid, God says, then take Pura, your buddy, with you. God said, when you get down there, you're going to hear what they say. Watch this, y'all. God said, then you're going to be strengthened. Well, Gideon goes down and he sneaks up behind to hear. Look at verse 13. He sneaks up the, behind to hear what the Midianites are talking about down in their camp. And just at that moment, a man is telling his buddy about a dream of barley bread. 
that tumbled into the tent of the Midianites and the tent collapsed. Look at verse 14. The buddy said, here's the interpretation. We are toast. It's over. He said, it's the sword of the Lord and who saints? Gideon, God has given the Midianites into their hands. Now watch this. Barley is a poor man's grain. So the message from God using barley to bring down the formidable Midianites. Barley is a poor man's grain. God's message here is that God is going to defeat the Midianites by a bunch of humble nobodies. That's the message. And doesn't that sound like he takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, the weak things, to put to shame the mighty? Doesn't that sound, that's 1 Corinthians one twenty-seven, by the way. Now look at verse 16, chapter 7. Y'all still with me? Say amen. Chapter 7, look at verse 16. Then he divided the 300 men into three categories. And he put a trumpet into every man's hand. With an empty pitcher, veggie tails, they have flashlights and torches inside the pitchers. And he said to them in verse 17, look at me and do likewise and watch. And When I come to the edge of the camp, you shall do as I do. And when I blow the trumpet, I and all who are with me, Gideon said, then you also blow your trumpets on every side of the whole camp. And you say, y'all come on, read this with me. The sword of the Lord and Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch. And just as they had posted the watch and they had blew their trumpets and they broke the pitchers that were in their hands and then the 300 three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers and they held the torches in their left hand and the trumpets in their right hands for blowing and they cried the sword of the lord and of gideon and every man stood in his place all around the camp and the whole army ran and cried out and fled And when the 300 blew their trumpets, the Lord set every man's sword against his companion throughout the whole camp. And the army fled to Beth Acacia toward Zerah, as far as border of Abel Mahola by Tabath. And the men of Israel gathered together from Naphtali, Asher and Manasseh, and they pursued The Midianites, saints, give me your attention. Gideon divided the men in three companies. And he gave each man a trumpet and a pitcher and a torch. Can you imagine? Can you imagine signing up for Gideon's army? You go to supply checkout to get your battle gear. And they hand you a trumpet, a pitcher, and a candle. And you're thinking, what are we going to do with this? Go on a date? What is this? In verse 17, Gideon says, look at me and do as I do. That's leadership, y'all. Look at me and do as I do. When I blow the trumpet, you guys blow your trumpets and break your pictures and scream, yell loud, the sword of the Lord and Gideon. Saints, I love the way God fights Satan. I love the way God fights Satan. 300, 300 wholehearted warriors, 300 trumpets, 300 clay jars, 300 torches, is enough to scare the living daylights literally out of the devil. 
And in verse 19 through 20, they did exactly what Gideon told them to do. They blew the trumpets, flashed their lights, screamed the sword of the Lord and Gideon. The Midianites hear the noise, the lights, the screaming. They're confused. And they assume Israel has this huge army in their camp. And they grab their swords and they start stabbing anything that moves, which happens to be each other. And the confusion... And the chaos caused the enemy to destroy themselves. They killed themselves. Confusion and chaos. There's a sermon in there. Confusion and chaos caused the enemy to eat themselves up, to destroy themselves. I'm almost done. Look at God. Look at God. To destroy themselves enough to be a good size for Gideon and his men to go to battle with them. Gideon's army chased them down and destroyed the rest of them. And doesn't that sound like in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. How many of you believe it? How many of you believe it? How about you at home? You believe it? We are more than conquerors. And then look, 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 look. Judges 8, Judges 8, Judges 8. I'm going to let you get your chicken sandwich. Hold on. Judges 8. Almost done. Judges 8, look at verse 28. It tells us, Judges 8, 28, Thus Midian was subdued before the children of Israel so that they lifted their heads, when saints, and the country was quiet for 40 years in the days of Gideon. Can I give you three really quick takeaways? Three lessons from chapter six and seven. Three takeaways from the life of Gideon. Number one, write it down. Appreciate adversity. Somebody said better amen than that. Hey, Mr. Salman, they didn't hear me. Turn this mic up. I said, appreciate adversity. Somebody say amen. Number two, Number two, accept your identity. We're going to talk real quick. Accept your identity. And then finally, number three, act upon authority. Get your phone, take a pic, take a snap, whatever you call it. Three takeaways from the life of Gideon. Appreciate your adversity. Appreciate adversity. Accept your identity and act upon authority. Number one, appreciate adversity. Remember when we met Gideon, are you listening to me at home? Remember when we met Gideon, he is experiencing great adversity. The Midianites are attacking Israel. God's people are hiding in caves. After seven years of this oppression, Israel then calls upon God. Saints, God always hears his people when they, when, when they call upon him. Am I right about it? You believe that today? Come on, wave at me, wave at me. You believe that today? God always calls upon, God always answers his people whenever we call upon him. Understand that God allows adversity in our lives because adversity serves as a training ground to make us into the people that we desperately say we want to be in Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Uh-huh. So we say, God, I want to be a godly man. God, I want to know your word. God, I want to be a godly woman. Lord, I want to be used of you. We, make, we say these things, but do we really want that? 
Because God says, okay, if that's what you want, I got to send you some adversity. And you say, well, hold on. Let me back that up. Back, back, back it up. Adversity serves as a training ground for you to really be used. I'm talking to somebody here. Hmm. So you can be used of the Lord. So what we, look, we can look at the Rona. Look at the Rona. And I'm telling you, I really believe this. First of all, I believe in my life all things work together for good to those that love God and called according to his purpose, even the Rona. I really believe that. I really believe that. I really believe that the pushback, in my humble opinion, the pushback that we feel in the spirit and that we feel in our country toward Christianity and the things of God and the people of God, I believe that works together for good to all of us as well. Hmm? You believe it? I believe it. So I, I really believe that. And I believe that these things are serving as a training ground for God's people. I told you. Jesus said that he's going to separate the wheat and the tear. What, you don't see that? Yeah, you don't see that? Huh? Uh-huh, I will. You don't see that? God is doing the separating. And, and God is shrinking the big churches, including ours. And let me tell y'all something. I'm okay with it. Pastor Ron, I'm okay with it. You already know. Sweetie, I'm okay with it. You already know. Churches not need to be, should not be the place you just come and walk in and hear whatever you're going to hear and take from it what you're going to take from it and walk out the door and go, well, yeah, I like that part, but I don't like this. You know, people had to start getting to church like it's like some buffet or something. Like Golden Corral. Ugh. Like Golden Corral is like, oh, well, you know, I have a little of that and I have a little faith and I have a little joy and I'll have a little peace. And, you know, I'm just going to have a piece of peace, but I don't want too much peace because I got stuff to do. And I have an amen. That baby loves the Lord. <laughs> Adversity. Suffering is a tool that God uses to get your attention. Here's a spiritual law. Listen, write this down, please, 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 please write this down. Trials always comes before triumph. Trials always come before triumph. Come on, say it with me. Trials always come before triumph. Everybody, you at home, trials always come before triumph. Abraham left his home to follow God, didn't he? Joseph was thrown into a prison before reaching the palace, wasn't he? Moses lived in exile before leading Israel out of Egypt. David fled for his life to the cave of Adullam before becoming king. Mary and Joseph fled to Egypt before settling in Nazareth and giving birth to God. Amen. Throughout Christian history, adversity prepares people for greater accomplishments and usefulness. Point number two, accept your identity. 
What you mean, Pastor? God called Gideon. God called Gideon a mighty man of valor. Did you get this? Gideon said of himself in chapter 6, verse 15, Gideon said of himself, I'm weak. Gideon said of himself, who? Me? God called God called Gideon a mighty man of valor when Gideon was hiding in fear. Are you following me? So what? So God gave Gideon a new identity. Gideon is a mighty warrior. Why? Because God said so, not the enemy. God sees beyond our faults and failures and limits. God called Abraham, remember the father of many nations, And he didn't have kids when God said that. God called Moses the deliverer of Israel while hiding in the backside of the desert trying to run away from a murder charge. Don't you know? Jesus called Peter a rock and Peter was known to curse out little girls. Y'all got mighty quiet when I said that. Y'all like, is that wrong? Yes, it is. God says about you. You're his child. You're his friend. You are justified, forgiven, no longer guilty. You are more than a conqueror. You are a royal priest created for good works. You are blood bought and spirit filled and heaven bound and fully equipped warrior with special armor to tear down the strongholds of the enemy. Listen, you can't listen to the enemy tell you who you are. You cannot. You cannot. You cannot. Look, people call me a lot of stuff. Okay? Believe it or not, I know it's hard to believe. It's it's like shocking, but there are actually people who don't like me. Isn't that amazing? How can anybody not like me? And people call me a lot of stuff. And guess what? I don't care. I don't care. Get in line. There's lots of people saying lots of stuff. And guess what? I only care what God has to say about me. That's what I care about. That's what I care about. You know, Paul said, Paul said, none of these things move me. Somebody say something about me. I just look at him and go, none of these things move me. Y'all better get that word. (laughs) Number three and finally. Act upon authority. Watch this. Don't confuse. Are you listening to me? Say amen. Don't confuse boldness with divine guidance. Go into battle with 300 men against, with 300 men against the Midianites or against 135,000 men is crazy unless God instructs you to do it. Giving tithes and offerings to the church is crazy unless God tells you to do it. Taking off from work to serve in vacation Bible school is crazy unless God tells you to do it. Walking on water is crazy unless God tells you to do it, Peter. Reducing your troops and the odds are 450 to 1 is crazy unless God said do it. Somebody once said the man of God is a courageous man who holds on to the word of God And is not moved by the cultural flow of things. Oh, I'm going to say it again because I like it. Listen. The 
the man of God is a courageous man who holds on to the word of God and is not moved by the cultural flow of things. Somebody once said, come on, come on, do it right. Somebody once said, and I leave you right here, saints. A hero is not a man who is braver than any other. A hero is a man who is braver for 10 minutes longer. A Christian is not a man more spiritual than any other. A Christian is a man or woman who will hang in there for 10 minutes longer. Hang in there. Hang in there. God will either turn it all around or he will take us home. But either way, we win. You lose, we win. Why? 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 Because we are more than conquerors. It's that simple. Come on, clap those hands and say amen. It's not that deep. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.